My guest today is a guitarist for one of the legendary rock bands of all time. They just released their self-titled album and are launching their first music cruise. I'd like to welcome from Def Leppard, Phil Collin. Hey, how you doing? I'm good, man. It's a real pleasure to speak with you. I know it's Sunday morning, sort of taking away some of your weekend, so thank you so much for making some time. Oh, no worries. You're like the busiest guy right now. Uh, you know, I was thinking about what to ask you about and what to talk to you about, and there's so much. So we have to try and get through as much as possible real quick. Sure, um, absolutely. You, know, you got the, the new Def Leppard album, your Delta Deep project I know you're touring with and, and doing stuff with. The book just came out. Uh, you're touring with uh, Sticks and Tesla again coming up, and of course, the cruise. So how are you able to juggle all of this right now? Well, actually, more than that as well. I, I literally just got back from last from Sacramento last night. I'm, I'm producing the new Tesla single. Oh, fantastic! So, um, which is really uh, we, we're thrilled how it's turning out. You know, it's um, we're having an absolute blast with that. So um, yeah, that's that's going really well. So yeah, it's all. You know, I'm 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 always one. I think if you take your foot off the gas and and kind of relax too much. You know, people get writer's block. They, I just think if you're, you're you're constant with stuff, you know, the people like, you know, Mutt Langer, Prince, you know, people who work all the time, you know, you get to meet them, you go, wow, these people have so much energy. And they do, you know, and it's um, and there's a reason for that. And I think, yeah, no, I mean, it's not good for everyone, obviously, but I, I actually get um, more inspired the, the more I do stuff. So it's kind of, um, I think, it, in my case, I think it actually helps me, you know. Yeah, that's uh, that's great to be able to do it. So I want to touch on the, the new album, of course, which is awesome. Thank you. Thanks. You know, it'd been a while since the last record, and so I'm wondering, as you guys were getting ready to put it out, I mean, was there any nervousness or, or like, are, are people still going to want to listen to Def Leppard? I mean, was that sort of ever on your mind? You know, it's really funny. It was the complete opposite of that. We actually really didn't care what anyone thought because this was... This was um, I don't want to say selfish, but this was this album was really for us and and specifically for us. I mean, that's why we called it Death Leopard. That's yeah. another reason. Um, I think um, normally, you know, you people there's they they want to please the industry. There's, there's a, almost a peer pressure thing attached to it. And um, we we had the opposite. You know, we went in to record a single and and came out with like twelve songs in in just a matter of in a week actually. Twelve ideas for songs and. Um, and we got them down very quickly. We, within a month, you know, we had, which for us is like, you know, unreal. So we, we had the first 12 done. We came back in the next session and we, we added a three more. One we didn't quite finish off. And um, yeah, so that, that was it really. So there was absolutely no worry whatsoever. We actually didn't care. Or, or usually when we do an album, we, uh, we have a concept. Of, uh, we brief ourselves. We'll go like in the 90s, you know, it was like, be great if we had a pop song that was somewhere between garbage and the Backstreet Boys. If you could imagine that, <laughs> and you know you have you have these kind of ideas. With this one, there was absolutely none of that. It was like bring in whatever you got. You know, I was a very heavily involved in the Delta Deep project. You know, recording and stuff. So one of the songs was actually going to be on that, a uh, Sea of Love. But um, go and several like, wow, this is great. We we could do this, and and so that's something we wouldn't normally do. You know, man enough. I, you know, I, I kind of got the idea from that from you know 70s funk so all of these things wouldn't normally have made it on a Def Leppard album so um we actually stopped worrying and it was uh, just a just a, a breeze it was a joy to do I think that it makes for uh for a really fun record to listen to and and 
Um, you know, it still has some of the, those prototypical kind of Def Leppard songs. Dangerous is one of my favorites on it. I mean, that's as standard Def Leppard sound as you can get. And um, right. when you're writing a song like that versus maybe sort of a, of a heavier rocker song like All Time High or something, is the approach different? Do you say, well, this is going to be this, this type of song, so we know we got to do this? Or do they sort of just write themselves naturally? Yeah, they, they absolutely write themselves naturally. And the other thing about this this record, it was done, you know, in the purest way, you know, very much like artists did in the 60s and early 70s before we had a music industry. You know, there was still, you know, Hendrix, Beatles, Stones, you know, James Brown, you know, Stevie Wonder. They they would all write songs and do albums. But David Bowie, you know, they'd, they'd get in there for the, for the love of the music and do that. It was only later that, you know, you'd please... Like I said, a peer pressure thing, you'd almost be pleasing the record company of executives. You had to, you know, meet certain demands and all that stuff. So we didn't really have any of that. So even with the songwriting, that that, that wasn't around at all. It's, and, you know, the, the great thing about songwriting is that, you know, you start a song and, and quite often it takes you in a different uh, direction than the, you, you originally intended. And that's great. That's that's what you want, you know, you want it to be kind of wide open, you know, it's, it's great if a song just writes itself and it's done in five minutes, but it's really nice if it actually takes you on a journey and, and kind of suggests other things to you, and that's that's the whole artistic part about it, and, and we really had a lot of that with this record, you know, it was great. With the first single, Let's Go, that's been sort of in a lot of places, I've heard it on, on different radio stations, on TV shows, I heard it on an ESPN sports talk show, and they even started talking about it as it came on, and it was sort of like, hey, Def Leppard, we haven't heard these guys in a while. This is a great song, all, all that kind of stuff. Do you find that that sort of 80s hair band stigma has now long gone and you're appreciated for just being a great band? Well, you know, that was always annoying anyway, that, that kind of thing. We, we got tagged on, um, you know, with a lot of lesser bands. You know, this happens with, with every kind of genre of music you know you get ropes in and the whole thing about grunge which was great when that came out because it kind of it stopped a lot of really awful bands who had no talent <laughs> no substance right um but i don't i don't believe we fit into that situation we, we were something way different today you know we were trying to make iconic you know albums that, that sonically would stand the test of time and and, and even the songs you know we, we actually went about it a different way so no i think I think there's a certain amount of last man standing. A lot of bands that, that were around just disappeared. And I think there's a an integrity that people like about us. You know, they, they go, wow, these guys are actually the real deal. You know, it's not like we, we do farewell tours or, we, we you know, we come come around and reform and do all that stuff. We've actually constantly been grafting and working the whole time. So I, I think it gives you a certain... Um, integrity that, that is, is recognized and then and the fact that we haven't had an album out for so long because we've been busy you know and it, to be quite honest you know it wasn't really a a high priority because you, you don't really have to do that anymore but then that's going that's going along with that business agenda and, and you know with this one we was like you know enough of that we, we actually we're artists and and we recognize that i think you know we actually we we felt that i certainly did you know in, in everything all my endeavors i kind of I feel like I'm an artist, you know, with those, what I was doing yesterday. I mean, yesterday morning I was singing backing vocals, you know, and, and then and then it's something else. And it's always, it, it's exciting and inspiring. I, I think that that's the, that's the, that's the true test of it. You know, I always, again, when people say, you got any tips? And I'd say, yeah, if you, 
if you do it for nothing, if you expect no reward, then then you're probably going to get rewarded with with just the fact that you've got artistic expression. Don't expect to be massive paydays and that. And I, I really am pleased with where we are. You know, it's just a, a wonderful thing, and, and we do get rewarded really nice. Yeah, we do really well again, but that hasn't always been the case. You know, we was in debt. We'd, we'd do you know half quarter empty arenas you know and then all of a sudden everything kind of comes around again so i think if you stick to your guns artistically and you you certainly get rewarded for that and if you're lucky then then something else happens as well people actually like you you know yeah that was always a thing for me as a as a fan of the band uh that uh you guys were lumped in with those bands because i never liked any of those other bands i always liked the Queen, Beatles, all that kind of stuff, and Def Leppard. Yeah. It was never, I, I, I never saw myself as a fan of so-called hair bands, and I never understood that correlation. It, it just was like, you guys happened to come out in the same decade. There's also more to it than that. I mean, I'll give you a, an analogy. So every genre, let's take the boy band genre from the early, or late 90s, early 2000s, you know, or, or the Britney Spears thing phenomenon. You know, you had Backstreet Boys, you had NSYNC, then maybe 98 Degrees. This is a funny <laughs> analogy. And then it gets... And they were helped out by, you know, studio execs, songwriters, producers. So everything, all the talent, the talent pool, not necessarily the bands. Obviously, Justin Timberlake was hugely talented, but the, the talent pool focused on those three. So then you'd have a million artists or bands trying to copy that and, and business agendas trying to copy that kind of success right. so it's going to be a really washed out pal imitation so that's what you get and that's really what happened with us you know there was us and there was obviously Bon Jovi and then everything else was, was you know Motley Crue were cool and, and, and then everything else kind of it was lesser and it by degrees and that happens with every genre of music the, the grunge thing same deal you know you, Pearl Jam well Nirvana Nirvana Pearl Jam Soundgarden and right, then it, and then, then you had about a hundred other ones that were all trying to just <clears throat> do the same thing. Absolutely, not not doing the real thing. You know, yeah. same same deal with Motown. You know, Barry Gordy getting these pools of talent. You know, amazing people. You know, and then other things, he would just get great songwriters and you know make the the girl in reception sing. Martha Reeves was the was a receptionist, as was Diana Ross. You know, so that's really what what the, what goes on, and, and it's a business, and I think. You, you, if you can separate the two and you can still be an artist, you, you actually, you, you're in, in good standing, I think. I want to delve a, a little bit into some of the catalog. One of the things that I always appreciated about your albums was you had the hits and the Pour Some Sugar Me and Photograph and things like that. But on every album, there was one or two sort of epic, intricate songs, you know, Die Hard, The Hunter, Gods of War, White Lightning. Yeah. And always, those were, for me, always the, the standout tracks above anything. And I always wondered how did those songs end up on every album even even on x you threw in a song like scar which is you know it doesn't really even match the rest of the album was that always like one person that stood up and said no we need one of these on here or how did those end up on the albums no that's, that's great that you've been paying attention though that's that's great all, all of those songs exactly <laughs> what you said you know i think you know it it balanced it out you know we started off as a rock band and a song like die hard down or billy's got a gun really did sound great and obviously the idea came from you know a zeppelin a, a queen or the beatles they would do that all the time so we'd just do that in a, in a hard rock format and 
funny enough, what would normally happen, you know, you'd, when you when you write a song, you usually do the same kind of thing. You know, there's a hook and there's a melody, and if you're lucky, there's a bridge, and the solo's got to, the melody's got to be memorable, and solo's got to be memorable. You've got to be able to hum it. It's great when you go, let's just do a rock song and not do any of that stuff. Not right. not actually go about it that way. And I think certainly with, with Gods of War, it was, I think we hit every note on the fretboard on, on that song. You know, <laughs> it, it would change key. And normally you wouldn't do that. You you would, you would you'd say, well, you know, it's a key change there. Why would we do that? And we'd go, it's an epic rock song. It doesn't matter. People who listen to this, this isn't going to get played on the radio. And, you know, ironically, it actually did in the end. But um, <laughs> you, you, you would you get all these ideas together and, and you, you'd be very open about them. You, you, I think there's a, a little bit of restriction goes on when you're trying to write a song. You, you're always trying to write the best song ever. You know, you, you always want to kind of have that. You want to have a pop song that, that crosses over and all that. But with, with some of these rock songs, you don't. And I think part of the epicness is stuff that wouldn't work on those songs so you can actually be a bit more open about it so when when you're doing one of these epic songs and we love them I actually you know that's why we, we started doing you know Paper Sun on the last US tour yeah it was just nice yeah, that was to great I saw that. that yeah love that song thank you yeah and um, so that was it really it was kind of it's a bit of contrast it's a bit of light and shade and it's kind of a, a relief it's almost like a, a tonic or you know like you have comic relief in a horror movie at some point it's a bit like that and it's actually really refreshing to do on our part as well yeah i think that's one of the things that made made you guys stand out among uh, among a lot of the bands that that you guys were out with at the time you know do you have like three or four over the the last many years that are favorites of yours that are not you know sort of the the more well-known songs well, I love them ones. You know, I, I think um, you know, deep cuts. You know, they're, they're actually really deep cuts. But um, yeah, we we were juggling between Paper Sun and White Lightning on this last tour. We really wanted to put one of them in. We'd done Gods of War the the, the previous tour, and we you know we've done the Vibristeria. So I I think you know without I, I mean you know the the Blind Faith on the new album kind of falls into that category a little bit. So yeah. you know. And they're usually quite difficult to do live, you know, so uh, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. I think the other problem we have, you know, we have, we have all these songs that people want to hear that have been hits and stuff, so you, you have to play them. Yeah. So it's actually finding a slot, you know. I think <laughs> even the, the the Paper Sun slot that we, we just had has probably just been taken out because, you know, <laughs> on, on the upcoming tour, you know, we've, we've got to add new songs. So, you know, that slot's actually been kind of unfortunately for this tour right speaking of the tour let's jump into that so you did the tour uh that over the last summer uh through fall with sticks and tesla uh and uh you guys are re-upping a few shows with them uh at the end of this month so you know how how is it working with those guys and uh, i mean i know you know tesla for a long time and obviously you're friends with those guys so what is what has that tour been like um, it's great, you know, we get on so well and same deal with Sticks, you know, we, we've known them guys, they're, they're just absolute gentlemen and, and they work really hard. I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the thing I, I totally respect about them, you know, a lot, a lot of bands kind of, you know, call it a day or whatever, they just try hard, they look great, you know, they, they, they eat right, they, they get on well, they sound amazing, both bands, so I, I think um, 
that's the thing really it's, it's kind of important to do that it's just a, a, a wonderful trip to have, have, have people around you that you that you like as well it's kind of uh, it's nice that's really why we extended it it was oh can we take this a little further we're actually kicking off the Def Leppard album tour you know in America you know obviously in a, cu- in a couple of days really but before that we were we were just doing like I said you know we had paper sun in the set and stuff but um we kicked off the world tour uh, in Japan in October, and um, so the, the, you know the new set will, will right. be a bit different, actually. Oh, great! Uh, and there'll be some new songs, I guess you're saying, from the new album on, yeah. on the US. Fantastic! Yeah, very cool. Um, have you noticed a sort of uh, more of a younger audience? Uh, you know, kids coming to the shows now. I know uh, for my two-year-old sings "Let's Go" when we listen to it in the car, which is fantastic. And there you go. Uh, you know, and, wow. and are you starting to see more? kind of next generation fans they're more attending yeah absolutely i mean you see both and that really was the intention even yeah when we was and this is a funny age to say but i remember when we when we came out with this theory we said we want to hit everyone from five to fifty and you know ironically (laughs) you know i'm I'm 58 you know it's like wow and we're still going so i think that's the thing it's that if you want to you do want to hit that you want to get you know that that massive demographic that means it's crossed over and, and also across the racial divide that was a, that was a wonderful thing with the Asteria album you know you, you and, and like you know some black artists like Michael Jackson that crossed over so so much that it just become popular music you know it wasn't kind of divided into a, a subgroup or a subgenre or anything like that so that's that's the always the the, the goal is to actually just to appeal to as many people as you can all over the world yeah, absolutely. That's great. Uh, let's touch on the book, Adrenalize, which came out a few months ago. A uh, really fun read. Covers your time from your start with Girl all the way through your period with Def Leppard through to today. Uh, one element that was really interesting is you go back and speak with some older band members and friends and some of the guys from Def Leppard are in there. Uh, how is it going through your past and getting those guys to contribute? Oh, that that was easy. I, I pretty much speak to all, all the people in there anyway. So I'm, um, you know, just over in London, just just for Christmas, and you know, I've I run into a bunch of my buddies there. So that was kind of nice. Um, so yeah, Chris Epstein said that'd be great if you could get people just to have a take, their take on on stuff. So um, that's just literally what we did. I phoned them up, and everyone was really compliant. They were they were they were great. It's really cool. Delta Deep is covered in there. The story of how that started, which sort of comes in line with how the book idea came about, right, in the chapter where you talk about it. Tell me a little bit about Delta Deep and how that got started and, and what you have going on with that right now. Well, I mean, we literally just, we, you know, I went to Sacramento two days ago, but we'd literally got off of the first leg of our first tour, actually. We'd done the, the, the West Coast leg of the tour, and we recorded a live album. Oh, cool. Which is great. That's, but we're going to call it West Coast Live because uh, I've I just been actually when you phoned, I was just listening to some of the some of the tracks. They sound unbelievable. Robert DeLeo is just incredible. Debbie Blackwell Cook's a monster, and 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 so is Forrest Robinson on drums. You know, it's like wow. It's so easy for me to just play over the top. I can be sloppy or whatever, and mm-hmm. and these guys just carry it off into the sunset. It's great. So um, no, it started off. You know, Debbie was um my wife Helen's godmother and uh, she sung at our wedding and you know she's 62 and she's got this voice and everyone 
even when we was doing stuff, like, oh my God, it sounds like Tina Turner. Oh my God, it sounds like Etta James. Oh, it's Aretha Franklin. It's that. Now, that's my favorite female voice. And she, but she sings louder, like a rock singer, because mm. obviously there's a rock band behind her. Um, so we pretty much started off that way. Um, we've done a, a little acoustic thing at the Gerson Institute. You know, we auctioned off a guitar and it was, uh, you know, for cancer victims and stuff like that. And, you know, a bunch of people said, where can we buy this? And we're like, what? And they said, well, what you just played? And we're like, well, it's just us goofing. So we started writing songs. It started off as a blues thing and then ended up, you know, way, way much more. It, it was, a, you know, Zeppelin. It reminds me of Zeppelin and, and, and the Stones. You know, they, they started off as blues bands right. and, and ended up being, you know, whatever they were, you know, which was rock. And, and you know, there's a, there's a, a lot of, um, that combination of, of blues where it came out of the, you know, the Delta and then it went Chicago blues and there was funk and soul and you had all these people playing the same venues, BB King, little Richard, uh, James Brown, Etta James, they'd all be on the same night sometimes. And so all, all that music kind of mixed together for me, it was all based on the blues. And so that's really what we're doing. It's not kind of, you know, one minute it'll be, it'll sound like the temptations and the next minute it'll sound like Led Zeppelin. And, and me and Debbie do a lot of duets and stuff, and it's it's very vocal heavy. It's great, and it's um, and you know I just get to play guitar, you know, like like my heroes when I started playing Richie Blackmore, Jimmy Page, Jimi Hendrix. It's it's that kind of thing. I can actually kind of uh, go back to that. So it's it's really um, amazing, and, and you know we're writing the song, we're getting we're writing new songs all the time. In fact, the new Tesla song was going to be a Delta Deep song again, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, pages of the guys and brian we said look you've got to you got we've got to record this and you've got to produce it so I, I, that's and it's turned out amazing i'm so thrilled that's that's going to be really fun that so yeah no it's um it's inspiring and it's like i said you know the more more you, you get around different people that are inspired it, it kind of it just kind of rubs off yeah, I mean, there's some, it's definitely a blues sort of vibe on there, but there's some good burners on there. I mean, uh, like the the last track, Mistreated, with actually with Joe singing a little bit on there, right? I mean, that's that's a good sort yeah. of hard rock track. I mean, the, the guitar sound doesn't sound different, really, than what you normally sound like even at times. Absolutely. No, I agree. You know, it's, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have that thing. You, know, you, you recognize the voice and all, all that and the guitar playing. So, yeah, it's just... Um, it's just a slightly different, you know, version of it. You know, it's, it's coming from the same place. And, and the recording process is obviously very different, you know. Yeah. It's a lot, a lot of first take stuff, you know. And again, this live thing, um, I'm, I'm blown away. It's like, wow, even, even the recording of it, which was done by Ryan Williams, who, who, who you know, works with Stone Temple Pilots. So um, he's he's amazing. And so uh, I, I'm really thrilled about that. He's going he's gonna to be mixing it over the next... Uh, few weeks and then I, I guess we'll put that out probably sometime in the summer very cool lastly let's touch on the the cruise a little bit which happens at the end of this week out of miami um you know what sort of crazy stuff do you guys have planned i mean you're you gonna do something like play the whole high and drive from beginning to end or what's going on on that thing no no <laughs> we, we're just gonna be it, it'd, be it'd be the same thing it's just a, a prelim to the tour so we would may try out a couple of new songs from the album and and the rest of the time you know you still have to do a set so people they and because people are on a cruise that they're, they're, they're hardcore fans so you you've got to do all your 
your photographs, your pour some sugars, let's let's get rocked. You, you've right. got to do all of that. So again, that kind of t- starts taking care of what else you can put in the set. But I, it'd be really nice to do that. Me and Debbie Black will cook are doing a, um, an acoustic Delta Deep thing. Cool. We're doing a performance, so so that'd be fun. But so. I've never actually even been on a cruise, so I have no idea what to expect. You know, oh, wow, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's sort of the new thing, this, these music cruises. I've been on a few for, you know, prog rock that they've had, and Yes has a cruise, and you start to go on all these things, and they're a blast. They're, they're just a lot of fun, so I think everybody wow, has a great cool. time. Wow, cool. So, Phil, it's been a real pleasure and an honor to speak with you today. I'm a huge fan, as you can probably tell, so I really appreciate you taking the time, and I look forward to seeing you back on tour after the cruise. Absolutely. All right, man. Thanks, Phil. Have a great time on the ship. All right, cheers. Thanks. All right, bye. Thanks to Phil for the interview. For upcoming news and interviews, please check theprogreport.com, follow us on Facebook, at The Prog Report on Twitter, or download the podcast on iTunes. Thanks. We'll